Good morning, and once again, a joyful Sabbath. Good morning. Get to come into the house and give the God, the Father, God, the Son, the God, the Holy Spirit, the honor, praise, and glory that they so righteously deserve. I'm going to ask Pastor Chapman, open us up with a word of prayer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Father, it is in the wonderful, everlasting name of your Son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, that we come this morning, God, and we come giving you praise, glory, and honor. God, we come excited, Father, for another chance, for another day, another brand new opportunity, new grace, new mercy. Father, we thank you for it this morning, God, because we know, God, the Bible says that all good and perfect gifts come from above. And each and every day, God, it's a gift that you have given us. So help us not to take days for granted, God. Help us, God, to be able to look up towards you, Father, where our strength and our help comes from. To be able to magnify you, God. To be able to glorify you. To be able to give you praise and honor, God. So, Father, we know we can only do these things through you, God. You said no man can come to you unless you are drawing with God. And draw us, God, through the Ruach HaKadosh, God, through the Holy Spirit, God. The Father, that we may be... Uh, worshipers of you God true worshipers father you said that you are spirit and those who worship you must worship you in spirit and in truth so we thank you God for this day another <laughs> opportunity at life God another opportunity to do your will for so we just bless you we honor you and we magnify you God and uh, be with the teacher today God the facilitator God help us to be able to uh, discuss all the things that we discussed during Sabbath school Father, help us to be able to uh, correlate it all with your word, God. Help us not to come up with our own thoughts and our own way of thinking, God. Leaning not unto our own understanding. God, but to be able to put everything side by side, to be able to parallel everything with your word. Father, because it's your word that is truth, God. Not what we think and uh, not what's going on in 2021. God, we want to be able to uh, live according to your original intent. So bless us today, God. Sanctify us. Keep us holy. Uh, continue to bless this day, God, the Sabbath day, the day that you said in your word that you set apart, uh, you sanctified it, and you made it holy. So we thank you, God, for opening our hearts and our minds, God, that we may be able to uh, come unto you, Father, and rest. You didn't create the Sabbath pertaining to law, God. You create, created the Sabbath for our health, God, that we would be healthy, that we would have a day of rest where our bodies, our soul, our minds can rest and be at ease and relax without all the stresses and strains and str uh, uh, problems that go on in the world. So we just thank you for this day, God. Thank you for the facilitator. Thank you for the lesson. Be with those who are yet on their way, God. And Father, have us to be ready on that great, grand, and glorious day that your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ the Messiah, shall appear back on this earth, God, and gather your people together, those who are found doing your will, God. So we praise you, God. We give you glory and honor for it all. It is in that wonderful, everlasting name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ the Messiah, that we pray. Let all of God's people say amen. 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 This week, we testified last week, but now it's a new week. Amen. This week, Lord, is now open. Amen. 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 First, giving honor to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Just want to take this opportunity to thank God for life. Amen. For keeping me alive, keeping me in my right mind, keeping health and strength in my body. 
no bad phone calls. Hallelujah, family's doing fine. Uh, we continue to pray for those that are in bereavement, uh, those who are still having a hard time and, and struggling with the loss uh, of our loved one. But Father, we pray in Jesus' name, God, that you would be able uh, to strengthen us and to have us to be able to believe in you, God, mm -hmm. to know that you are a true and living God. And you said in your word, Father, through the apostle, that you work together in all things for our good, for all of us who love you and have been called according to your purpose. So, Father, even though we go through loss and tragedy, have us not to take anything that you give us on this earth for granted. Have us to be able to mourn, God, but not to mourn like those that have no hope, that we would be able to mourn, Father, uh, healthily and, and not unhealthily, God, to where we're uh, missing out on what you have for us to do in life. So, God, I just come this morning uh, to Sabbath rest and non-denominational ministry to give you praise, glory, and honor because you have been so good. And God is still working, amen. All the things that we do at the ministry, uh, I'm uh, proud to be a part of this ministry. Uh, the things that we do, the things that we teach, we can go to a chapter, a book, and a verse in scripture and point out why we do it. And I feel comfortable with that. Not that our lives are perfect, we all still have hang-ups, habits, and hookups, but God, I, I thank God that we are able to come to him because the blood of Jesus, <laughs> hallelujah, Amen. is that ultimate sacrifice that covers our sins, which takes us from under the punishment and penalty of our sins as we allow the Holy Spirit to clean us and make us holy as we wait for Jesus to come. So I just thank God for this day. Amen. Else? Amen. Uh, thank God for once again allowing me to be in the house of the Lord on another Sabbath day. And uh, just to piggyback off what Pastor was saying, uh, so many uh, of our loved ones and so many people that we know are still struggling struggling with the death of a loved one. And I uh, just had an opportunity to, uh, uh, a friend of mine, uh, mother uh, was laid to rest this week. And when you confident in the Lord, you're not gonna mourn like you don't have no hope. And uh, like you say, we don't tell nobody how to mourn, but uh, he had just told me that uh, he's confident that his mother is in, 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 the, in, the, in the safekeeping of the Lord now. And that uh, that's why we go serve God. So we all don't have to die, but we wanna be confident knowing that the God, with that the life we live here on this earth is acceptable and pleasing to the Lord. And that's one thing that uh, I wanna make sure that the life I'm living is a, is pleasing to the Lord. I know, uh, like Pastor said, we all got some hangups and some issues, but despite of the hangups and the issues, we still coming to seeking and serving the Lord. Mm -hmm. So those things may be able to fall off and uh, it's not gonna fall off overnight, but you just keep giving it to God and you're gonna start seeing some things fall off. So I see some things falling off in my life and I see the bad is being replaced with something good and something positive. And I'm just just gonna continue to ask God to keep Keep me encouraged mm -hmm. and have me to keep trying to do the will of God. Mm -hmm. Anyone else?
trying to get us to see that we need to sometimes stop and pause uh-huh. and see what God's telling us. Uh-huh. We get so wrapped up on what men are telling us, uh-huh. pastors are telling us, uh-huh. teachers are telling us, friends and family are telling us, but are we listening to what God the Father is trying to get us to see? Because see, His Son's trying to point us to Him, uh-huh. and the Holy Spirit's trying to lead us there. But it's all to the Father. Right. The memory text for this, this week we're going to be talking about the noble prince of, of peace. peace. Amen. <laughs> Amen. In this world, hmm. memory text. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called. Wonderful counsel. Counsel. Mighty God. Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Dr. Robert Oppenheimer, who supervised the creation of the first atomic bomb, appeared before the U.S. Congressional Committee. They inquired of him if there was any defense against the weapon. Certainly, the great physicist said, and that is. And Dr. Oppenheimer looked over the audience and said softly, peace. Peace is an elusive dream for the human race. It's been estimated that since the beginning of recorded history in the world, there has been entirely at peace only about 8% of the time. I want you to think about that. <laughs> We're talking about going back to BC time. Dang. Through all BC, and up to now, 2021, only 8% if we haven't totally been at peace where there was no wars going on anywhere in the world. During these years, at least 8,000 treaties have been broken. During the half century following the end of World War I, which was supposed to be the war to end our wars, there were two minutes of peace for every year of war. In 1895, Alfred Nobel, the inventor of dynamite, provided a trust to establish a prize for individuals who make an outstanding contribution to peace. However, even some of the winners of the Nobel Peace Prize have been involved in violent conflicts. This week, we'll read about the only one who can bring true and everlasting peace. Now let's think about it. The person who invented dynamite, after he invented, see, you have to go back, and I saw the one about the inventor of the Gatling gun, well, no, the Browning uh, machine gun. He did it because he wanted to be a deterrent that there'd be no more wars. He invented a weapon of destruction trying to bring peace. Okay, we look at what Robert Oppenheimer did. He invented TNT with the intent that it would bring peace. But then even he said, 
can't, it's not going to happen. I mean, he, he invented the atomic bomb. And we got to think back at that time period. And then what happened right after when we got into the nuclear arms race during the Cold War period? Everybody wanted to have the most missiles to deter the other person from shooting a missile at them. I mean, how, I, I don't want to, how ignorant is that? That just because you have more power, more guns, more, but like Pastor always said, it's the one who has the gun and the power and, and, and the bullets. But sooner or later, ain't somebody gonna get mad because of human emotion and everything else? Then sooner or later, somebody's gonna want something that you have, and since I have the most gun and bullets, I'm gonna go take it. Like we said, most wars are over either religion or land. That's why most wars happen. Go back and look at all the wars. It was about people either wanting to force a religion upon somebody, or else they wanted to take the other people's land. Now it says at the very end of this week, we're going to read about the only, and the one right here is in capital letters in the lesson, the only one mm -hmm. bring who can bring it. everlasting peace. Amen. The end of gloom for Galilee. Isaiah 8, 21 and 22 describes the hopeless condition of those who turn to the occult rather than the true God. Wherever they look, they will see only destruction and darkness and the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrusted into the thick of darkness. <coughs> in Isaiah uh, chapter 8, read 21 and 22. We read it last week. Amen. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 21, 22. I'll tell you what, start at uh, 18. All right. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Isaiah chapter 8, starting at verse 18. It says, I and the children the Lord has given me serves as, serves as signs and warnings to Israel from the Lord of heavens, armies who dwell in the temple on Mount Zion. Someone may say to you, let's ask the mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead with their whispering and their muttering. They will tell us what to do. But shouldn't people ask God for guidance? Should the living seek guidance for the dead? Look to God's instructions and teachings. People who contradict his word are completely in the dark. They will go from one place to another, weary and hungry. And because they are hungry, they will rage and curse their kings as their God. They will look up to the heavens and down at the earth. But whoever they look, but wherever they look, there will be trouble and anguish and, dis and dark despair. They will be thrown out into darkness. I'm going to read verse 19 from the NIV because sometimes some of these newer translations, they kind of lose, they, they try to water stuff down. Not water down, but they try to make it not as harsh as it's really meant to be because we want people to feel good in this dispensation. It's all about emotions and, and feeling good. It says, but number nine, verse 19 says, when men tell you to consult mediums and spiritualists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Verse 20, to the law, 
and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. Then we get into the punchline. Distress and hunger, they will roam through the land, and when they are famished, they will become enraged, and looking upward will curse their king and their God. When they look towards the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom, <coughs> of the darkness. The part that the, the, the translation that the Deacon Carey was reading left out the thing about the law and the testimony. See, people don't want to hear it. But once again, we know that really and truly, we shouldn't use law here. We should use the book of instruction. And sometimes if we will start saying it, book of instruction instead of the book of the law, it might, t see, we're toning it down a little bit, but we're not getting away from the original intent. If we're not going back to the original intent, which right here is telling us it's the law or the instruction of God, all we are going to see is darkness and doom. By contrast, there will come a time there will be no gloom for those who are in age. And that's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1, and that's what we're going to be talking about a lot today. The people of the Galilee region are singled out here as receiving a special blessing of great light. The nation will be multiplied and rejoiced because God would have broken the rod of the oppressor. The region of Lake Galilee is depicted here because it was among the first territories of Israel to be conquered. In response to King Ahab's request for the aid of Tyre, Pistoner III, to Galilee in the Transjordan regions of northern Israel and carried some of the people captive and returned the territories and turned the territories into Assyrian provinces. So Isaiah's message was that the first to be conquered would be the first to be delivered. See the little well, just real quick, I asked Elder to pull up a map because, like I say, sometimes we gotta visualize some things and get how how this land is set up. Could you turn it over this way a little faster? Now this is Galilee. Up here would be where the Assyrians came from. It's one of the northernmost. It was from the tribe of Zubin, that that's Zubin, Zebulon. Zebulon. That was the tribe of Zebulon, one of the 12 tribes. That would be the region where Galilee. That's why when you see that, when it talks about this tribe sometimes, we have to go back and look and see what's it talking about. It's talking about this land of Galilee. Why is Galilee important? Where did uh, Yeshua do most of his uh, miracles and stuff? It was in this region. Now, remember now, this is where Nazareth, Nazareth is in this region. Okay, that's where Joseph was living. But Joseph wasn't from Nazareth. He was from Bethlehem. That's why when you start going looking about to see, we never really get into the whole thing. We want to tell the story at Christmas time about the birth of Jesus. And we don't try to give people a genealogy and try to get them to see what was going on here. Joseph was born down in Bethlehem and then he moved up to Nazareth to work. How many of us have done that? We were born in Port Arthur. How many people's moved away and went somewhere else? You're still from Port Arthur though. Mm -hmm. That don't change that fact. 
It's just now where you're living and making your earn. Now Jesus would was conceived here, but he was born in Bethlehem. And I mean conceived by the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna go ahead because I see Pastor gave me that look. They were living up here though when, when Mary, when the Spirit came to Mary and told her that she was gonna conceive a child. In Nazareth. In Nazareth. Yeah. Then they went to Bethlehem and that's where he was born. Okay. And I just wanna now notice this here, like I said, it was the closest one to the Assyrian Empire. So when the when when the king came through to take him out. That would have been the first territory he would attack, and then he would have worked his way down through the rest of Israel. Whom does God use to deliver his people? And for that, we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. Amen. This is one we just read part of it. For, unto, for to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now we have to remember, who does he use? He uses Yeshua, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Now we have to realize it's not, all this is not gonna happen when he first comes. When he first comes, what happens? He establishes ministry. He's trying to get God's people to return back onto God. That's his mission. Then he opened the door for the Gentiles to come in that we might have salvation too. Now when he comes back to do the, the, the what it just says right here, because see if he already came, then why ain't the government doing right? Why ain't there justice and righteousness in the world? If that's what was going to happen when he came the first time. So now it's letting us know he's going to have to come back for a second time. Once he comes back for that second time, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne. Where is David's throne? Jerusalem. We talked last week about how important Jerusalem is when we're talking throughout the Bible, especially in prophecy. At the end, when the, we, I, and behold, I see the new heaven and a new earth, and I see the new Jerusalem coming down. Amen. That's where the throne is going to be. Amen. And then he's going to establish and hold it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. The zeal, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. In other words, okay, if you're zealous for something, you really want that thing to happen. One of the uh, one of the adjectives used to describe Peter was what? He was zealous. Mm -hmm. Sometimes to his demise, but it was a good quality, just sometimes taken a little too far. But not just think, it was God's zeal for peace and righteousness. Don't you think that's going to happen? But we have to understand when. 
And that's what we have to look forward to. That's what we have to keep having our hope. That's why when all this stuff is going on around in this world and stuff, Amen. we gotta stop looking at things with our with our natural eye and start understanding what these prophecies are trying to get us to see. Because now too, even in this one, at this time, remember a war was coming. He was trying to let his people know that if you trust in me, you're gonna come through this. Amen. Now some are gonna lose their life. Some, even some who believe in God himself are gonna die. But that ain't what this is about. Amen. It's about this upcoming time. That's seen, what that's too many times we lose focus. You're gonna lose a lot of battles. Like I said, I love history, especially like World War II and stuff. You know how many battles the United States lost before they started winning? Hmm. Even in Europe, fighting the Germans, they lost a lot of battles. They lost a lot of people. But who won the war? See, that's why sometimes we get so focused when we lose a battle, we get so disheartened. Because remember now, what did Jesus say? He didn't come that we're going to have it easy. Amen. But if we have faith in him and the Father, he's trying to get us to see back to the Father. He said, look to the hills from whence your help comes. Past the and as long as we get back looking towards God and the Father, it'll take some of the stress. See, that's all he really came to do. What he came to do was not get rid of the problems, but get rid of the stress in your life, how you're looking at it. I had kind of a problem at work because me, I'm like, if we're trying to change things, things should change. I had a boss, and he this, this guy's been here since the building was built. He put the steel inside the building. And Sean's not there, Sean's younger than me. And he told me one day, he said, look, this is crazy. He said, your problem is you come here with expectations. And when your expectations ain't met, you get stressed out, you get mad, you get angry. He said, what you have to do is come here with no expectations. Hmm. Then he said, when everything is still the same or something is out of place, since you have no expectations, you ain't going to have no feeling. And I was like, it's kind of, I, like we said, we're military minded and stuff. I'm trying to accomplish. When you tell me I need to clean this up and straighten this up, I feel like I need to clean and straighten it up. Then when it's out of place, the way you tell me was, and that's how we have to look at our lives sometimes. Stop having all these expectations that everything is going to be great at the end. Just go through life. Why, why does the Bible say, don't worry about tomorrow because today has enough worry in itself? Mm, and notice it did use the word worry, it wasn't concerned. So if you're worrying about tomorrow, it ain't taking care of the stuff that's going on today, guess what you're going to have tomorrow? <laughs> you're going to have no yesterday plus today, Double and probably that's going to make the next day too. Because you, you, you just keep flip-flopping with your word. That's why I said, stress is a killer. And what he's trying to show us is, I sent my son, and at a time, all this is gonna come to an end. And if you just keep having trust in him and look back to me, you'll live a more stress-free life. The region of Galilee, okay, we read that, to whom? When and how was the prophecy of Isaiah Nine, one through five fulfilled. Somebody give me uh, Matthew chapter four, read verse 12 through 25. Because remember now, what did it say? That he was going to send the son. He was going to be a wonderful counselor. Amen. Matthew chapter four, 12 through 25. 
uh, NIV. Matthew chapter 4, 12 through 25 reads, When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. Of those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent from the kingdom of heaven has come near. As Jesus was walking beside the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake from which they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria. And people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases from those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee to Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Amen. So how was the prophecy Isaiah 9, 1 through 5? Let's go back and look at that. Isaiah 9. Chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in the streets. Mm -hmm. In the past, he humbled the land of Zubalim and the land of Natili, but in the future, he will honor Galilee and the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. And the people walking darkness have seen a great light. On those living on land, the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as the people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of the Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke and burden of them, bar across their shoulder, and the rod of the oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be, de will be destined for burning and will be the fire <coughs> of fire. So how was this prophecy fulfilled? Is when Jesus came the first time. Hmm. He's letting the people know. I'm going to gather you back. Because you have to remember now, they were divided. Mm -hmm. Israel was divided into two kingdoms. Yeah. 
That's what he's talking about here when he was talking about what's going to happen in Galilee. Yeshua came back and first to gather and bring the tribes back together. Last night, Pastor and I was talking, and once we kind of we looked at something and we went and did, got some commentaries, we found out 11 of the disciples was from the northern kingdom. Mm. One was from the southern kingdom, from Judah. From Judah. Guess who was from Judah? Judas. Judas. Other 11 was from the northern kingdom who God had a problem with. The one who was going to betray Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus whole Christ, different tribe. was from Judah. A whole different tribe. But that was the one that God always looked out for first. Judah was the apple in his eye. Because they didn't turn it. You got to, like I said, that's why you have to go back and read the stories and find out <coughs> what causes the divide in the, in the tribe and why it was. It was for disobedience. So the one who was in it, the one who betrayed him was from the one who was the apple of God's eye. And the other 11 came from the ones who was disobedient and caused a divide in the king. Man. Hey, that's, man. That's how he worked. So, I'm, I'm thinking of this. This is what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about I'm gonna just use kids for example. Let's say your kids and your your cousins or nieces and nephews that you're raising. You teach your son how to mimic what I'm doing, but the son don't want to have nothing to do with it. It's the other ones that's not have your like you say your name, sort of say. They pick it up. And so that's why I'm I'm like, it's just God got it's it's just crazy how, you know, things just work. And I really brought that point out. It's really not in the lesson, but it came, it came to matter of fact, it just came to me while I was standing up here. See, while we're always trying to rationalize it try to come to why God does something. Now, when I, that came to me just now, does that make any sense? No. But then it has to go to the, what, what does God say, though? My ways ain't your ways. My thoughts ain't your thoughts. And see, we never really thought about where, where, you know, we never really broke down where the disciples came from before. You know, but ever since this little, when we got into these prophecy messages, and I'm going back and I'm looking at some things and I thought I knew, and then when you start reading, you start taking your time and, and, and studying these prophecies and you see, man, that, that like when he hit me, when he just hit me with that just now, it was like, man. And it started last night, because like I said, Pastor and I were talking about, that's how we found out. It was 11 to 1. But it ain't in the eyes that you thought. You thought the 11 would come from, uh, from June, because that was the one that God was protecting. But now the other 11 came, but it just goes to show you once again, no matter what you've done in your past, Amen. God can still use you. That's Amen. really what the Amen. ultimate, when, that's what I got out of the 11 being from the, from the Northern Kingdom. Amen. Amen. 
Here's a perfect example of how the Bible takes events of what happened in the, in the Old Testament time and uses them to, to prefix things that will happen in the New Testament time. The Lord mixes image of one heir of those to another, such as in Matthew 24, when Jesus mingled the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70 with the destruction of the end of the world. Another prophecy. New Testament prophecy. Now before we go into this next question, I have a question. What are prophets telling us today? You have people that call themselves prophets. Have people that call themselves prophecies. Why is all the time we hear, not all, I'm gonna say but 10%, 90% of the time, we hear so-called prophets? It's always a good, like it's a good message. Yeah. You're gonna get this, you're gonna get that. God's gonna bless you with this. God's gonna bless you with that. God's only gonna bless you if you're doing certain things according to his word. He's just not gonna bless you to bless you. Amen. It does say it's gonna rain on the just as well as the unjust. But my, my point is getting that if you're calling yourself a true believer, you should be doing some of these things that will align you to get the blessings of God. He's trying to tell you the stuff, a prophet should be telling you the stuff that you're doing wrong so that you turn around and start doing the things that you need to be doing. That's why when we're looking, pastors doing the, the minor prophets on Wednesday, all the time, what are they telling the people? We see, God is telling the people, if I see your disobedience, I'm not happy with you. Return unto me and I will be your God and you will be my people. But time and time again, all we're ever looking for is for that little magic hand to come down and straighten out our little messed up life that we messed up. But then we don't want to do anything to help get out of that predicament. The first thing you have to do is turn to God. Then he can start. But you can't just, I want you to fix this and then you're not going to do nothing in return. There is the law of re... Uh, yeah. I just I got tongue tied. In other words, if you want God to do something for you, you need to do something for him. Amen. Notice when he gave that little, what he was telling us. He said, What's my, my, my little verse when I want to use? Uh, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in hell. Yeah. Well, what's the first step? You have to bind it on earth. And if you loosen it on earth, it will be loosened in heaven. How do you do? You have to start. You have to start. You have to ask God. But too many times, we just want God, you know, oh Lord, I need a house. <laughs> Go get a job. You ain't working. Mm. Then he gives you a house. You take care but you want a bigger house. But you know you can't afford the house. Mm. See, once again, we get caught up in that little thing where we just keep chasing our tail. But we're never satisfied. See, it goes back to the other thing about us being prideful and stuff. That was one of the things of disobedience. He gives you some things, and he, but then all of a sudden you want something else. You have a car. It might be a hoopty. But here you want another car. But you can't afford the one. You can't even afford the hoopty. Mm -hmm. Then it ends up getting broke. And then you can't fix it. I mean, we just keep asking and asking for things. And we're always asking for things. But we're never asking for the fruit of the Spirit. 
You're asking for the wrong thing. The stuff that's in the Bible. But we don't know. We're not telling the people about what they should be trying to ask for. Store up for you in heaven treasures that rust and mold can't. See, we always want the rusty and moldy thing. We don't want what the fruit of the Spirit is offering us. That's what a prophet should be telling you. You need to return back onto the fruit of the Spirit. Then all these things are going to be added onto you anyway. If someone were to ask you, what if the Jesus delivered you from? What would you answer? What personal testimony can you give regarding the power of Christ in your life? And everybody knows mine. He removed arthritis from my body. For people that don't know me, notice what I said. He removed arthritis from my body. Amen. You get arthritis, you're never supposed to be healed again. There's nothing to heal arthritis. Yeah, medicine ain't. But no, God healed me. Amen. And people that know me know this. They remember how I used to be. What does God deliver you from? Anyone else want to share it real quick? Amen. And then for you that's out there on Facebook, answer that question right now. Say it out your mouth. This is one of the times when you can go ahead and uh, let your heart be known. Yeah. You know, sometimes, like I say, sometimes you know, we, we, we shoot our own self because then we can give the devil a little praise. You know, he knows where he can attack us from. But now he can't attack us from something God's done delivered you from. A child for us. This is what we will be using uh, Isaiah chapter 9, 6, and 7 again, the, the verses we just read. There is a third special birth in the book of Isaiah, following the mentions of Emmanuel and Miles Hazabas. And we know that was that was Isaiah's sons. They're talking about the birth of his first two. His first son's name meant Remnant. That there was gonna be a remnant. And then what was the second one? Uh, the second one meant that's when he went with uh, he took his son pull up a, the definition of uh, Niles Shazar by head because his name means something too I just it's on the notes on my other paperwork from last week somebody had it real quick Not her is to spoil, huh? Uh, not her is to spoil, huh? Read the definition. Uh, oh, quick to plunder. Yeah, okay. His name means quick to plunder. That was his second child. His first child said it was going to be a remnant. The second child came and his name is going to be quick to plunder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her is to spoils. Let's play connect the dots. The remnant is gonna get the plunder. Are you part of that remnant? Cause see, pastor's been talking about it on Wednesday night. 
I've said it the past couple of weeks, there's a remnant. Are you part of it? What is special about the child found in these verses? And we're talking about specifically the, uh, verses 6 and 7. And we know that it's talking about Yeshua now. Now he done told us there's going to be a remnant. Then he told us that they're going to get the spoils. Then he's telling them the third child is how it's going to happen. Once again, everything pointing back to Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. Notice that this deliverer has several names that describe him in various ways. I always like to use the word adjectives. Right here, all these things that's describing Yeshua. Everlasting, everlasting Father, mighty God, wonderful counselor, Prince of Peace. That's adjectives using to describe the character of the one who's to come. In ancient, in ancient Near East, kings and deities had multiple names to show their greatness. So here these other kings had to have a whole lot of things. They had to have a whole lot of names. I just happened the other day I was watching something on uh, King of. King of Remenes, the, the pharaoh of uh, Egypt, and it was talking about how Ramses. Ramses wanted not only to be known as the greatest king of Egypt, but he wanted to be a god. He wanted to go from the physical king into a deity. And he did a whole lot of manipulation and stuff to try to, to get this. That's when, when I was reading this last night, you know, I was talking about the kings of the Near East. They had a lot of names and stuff. Wow. And then here we come. God says, you know what? Y'all got some names and stuff, but mine's going to be the mighty God. Mine's going to bring peace. Mine's going to be wonderful. Mine's going to be the kind. Okay, what does a counselor do? Counselor is a legal term for a lawyer. Now, didn't he say that he was going when you keep reading down, didn't he say the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end? He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. That's the wonderful counsel. He's going to be the lawyer that's going to balance the scales. He is wonderful, just as the divine angel of the Lord describes his own, his own name to Samson the Father as wonderful. That's in Judges 13, verse 18. And then ascended towards heaven in a, sacri in a sacrificial flame on Manoah's altar, therefore prefiguring his offering of himself more than 1,000 years later. That once again, you really go back for time's sake. If you go back and look at Judges, and what it's telling you is this happened a thousand years. It was a prophecy, and then it's being fulfilled now. He's referred, he is referred to as the divine, mighty God, and the eternal creator. He is the king of the dynasty of David. His kingdom of peace will be eternal. 
Once again, you have to know a little thought about uh, Jewish, Hebrew culture and Hebrew history to understand that Jesus was in the bloodline of King David. And that's why I say his kingdom of peace will be eternal. His kingdom, the kingdom that David first started to establish, but because it was an earthly king, it was flawed. Look back at David's life. Was he always just? Not at first, but he always came back to the realization. Because just like when it was brought, remember now, we, we said, okay, in one night, he broke almost all, you know, all the little earthly commandments, <laughs> the, the covetousness, the adultery, the lying, the murder. He broke all them almost in one, or, or over the little time period, however long it was, he broke half of the commandments. But then what happened when the see now once again a prophet came? And when the prophet told him, what did the king do? He repented. He turned forth. Now that's when the righteousness came in. Because he knew he did wrong. He didn't deny. He didn't try to make up no alibis. He didn't try to get no false witnesses. He didn't say it was fake news. Mm. He owned up to it. And he has got to forget He went in the morning, we know the story. Now that king established peace, righteousness, and justice. Now look what his son did. Solomon had some faults, but for the most part, remember the, the, the first story that always comes to my mind is when the, they, the two women came to him with the baby. Both of them claiming that the baby was theirs. What did he do? He was a righteous judge. He said, well, let's kill the baby. No, cut the baby in half and give it. Well, the true mother said, no, nah, don't do that. Let her have it. That's the establishing justice and righteousness. Because it was just that the woman whose child it really was got her child. So we see what this throne said. It goes back to Jerusalem. These prophecies are pointing us to Jerusalem. Why is it important? Because that's where the kings sat. Even the bad kings. Remember now, we looked at a whole bunch. I mean, we, we just seen the one we're talking about in, in, in Isaiah. Ahab. Given these attributes, whom alone could this child be? And we already know who. There's only one person that fulfills all the requirements. See, you might have some people that came and fulfilled some or one, but none can fulfill all. The only one is Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. And he's going to tell us to go look at uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14, but like I said, we know who it is. It's Yeshua. Some have attempted to identify him <laughs> as the king Hezekiah. But the description far passes any ordinary human being. See, that's why God had to give it all these names. Because if he would have just gave Yeshua's coming one name, then a whole bunch of people, just like it says, Hezekiah could have took credit for something. David could have took credit for something. Solomon could have took credit for something. But to fulfill all of them, it could be the only one. And that's why he gave all these names and adjectives. That when we look and we see how Yeshua lived his life, 
We see that he fulfilled everything. Only one person fits. Jesus Christ, the divine son of God and creator, who was born to us in order to save us and give us peace. Remember what he said now about his peace. His peace ain't like the peace that the world gives. He has received all authority in heaven and on earth. And he is and always with us. While retaining his divinity, he also came, he also became a human for all time, ever able to sympathize with our weaknesses. That's why he had to come in the flesh. If he just came down here as a spirit and not went through the, see, he had to feel everything we felt. And when he did, what did he do? He did right. First and foremost, he already gave us one of the blueprints of what we should be doing when we're coming up against these difficulties. When the temptation with the devil on, on, on the mount, what was all his answers? What's the first line that he said? As it was written. Because remember now, the devil threw half of the verse at him. Oh, he said, if you jump off here, the age of the angels come down. Well, he didn't tell everything. You know, don't tempt me. Don't tempt the Lord thy God. Right, if you know, just turn the stones. He says that you can turn the stones to break it. You know, but then he talked about, the, look, that's not the only thing. The bread that, you know, he let him know. I feel a hunger, but you're not going to get me because I'm hungry. Throw yourself off the head. Go over here and bow down and worship me, and I'll give you all these kings. But every time he did he came back with the answer from the word. And that's what this lesson is trying to get us to see. Because remember what it said earlier about, about the prophecy stuff. It said, why ain't you turning to God? It was written in the book. We won't turn to that. We'll turn to all these other little stuff that we think is right. Yeah. That's not what he's telling us in his word. His word is saying that we return back unto him and be obedient unto him. Amen. Time and time again, that's and really to all the lessons that we've been doing. If you really go back and look at all of the master teaching, Carrie keeps using that one a lot. That was the one we did because it's fresh on our mind. But if you go back even before that, the ones we were doing, the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Eden, come on, that's reverting back to what the uh, mm -hmm. what the true intent yeah, was. The original, yeah. All these lessons are trying to get us to revert back to what God intended. But you don't know what God intended if you're not reading it. And stop trying to ask stuff. No, we just ignoring it. It's human nature to ask stuff. It's human nature to misread stuff. Because we just read. Like I said, doing this lesson right here, going back and looking at some of this stuff that I thought I knew in Isaiah, and now all of a sudden I'm catching little, little pointers and, and Nah, they ain't really how we, they, you know, I'm just quoting this stuff. I mean, it's just not with, it's even with me doing this lesson. That's why all of a sudden, sometimes, man, God will put a stop sign in front of you. <laughs> stop. 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 <laughs> Go back and reread this stuff and, and really start dissecting it, looking up, trying to, like Pastor always said, we use outside books for historical purposes. Not for God's word. See, that's where you have to learn the difference. 
There's historical books. There's historical facts that we can go look at. You go look at Discovery Channel sometimes and get some information out. Mm-hmm. Not about God's word, but about what happened in the past. Then when you start seeing some stuff, it starts lining up and making sense to you. Start learning what, what end time prophecy. Mm-hmm. Prophecy fulfilled. And we still have to. We still got some more prophecies that have not been fulfilled in this book. Amen. And like I said before, some can be end time prophecy and future time. This is like what we were talking about. Because he talked about, you know, I'm not going to allow the king to come down and take you over. That was the end time prophecy. But it was also talking about for us now. We're not going to be overrun if you're the remnant. Because we believe in Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, the son of the only living God. Elohim. Or my little favorite one I always like using lately is, I am that I am. If you don't want to call it nothing else, you can call it that. Maybe at least you're going to know who you're talking about. I'm not calling on no other God. I'm not calling on Esther. I'm not calling on any of these other gods from Babylon. Amen. Zeus from, from Greek mythology. I'm calling on I am that I am. But that's what all these lessons are trying to point us to. And let's start taking our time. Let's let's start going back. Let's start paying more attention. Amen. Like I said, I had to get better about reading genealogy. I know sometimes it seems like it's boring and stuff, but if you don't understand, you try to understand the New Testament, and really that's really what happens is when we get converted and when we first accept him as our savior, we gonna read this New Testament. We'll read it. Like I said, the first thing I did, I did start in Genesis, but like kind of like Genesis through Malachi, I just kind of read over real quick so I could get to Matthew. And I really wasn't absorbing the stuff from the Old Testament because all I ever heard was New Testament stuff. So that's all I really wanted to read. I wanted to find out about Jesus. Then for part of my life, I kind of became a Pauline because I started, you know, believing out, you know, literally what Paul said and then trying to, you know, supersede what Yeshua said. And now understanding that you have to understand what Paul was trying to do, then once you try, you, you understand that, then you see it does line up. So let's start taking our time. Let's go back and let's look at some of these prophecies. Start tuning in on Wednesday night because we're doing the minor prophets. Tune in on Saturday. We're going to be doing Isaiah for a couple, about two more months. Yeah. And we're going to learn some things. Amen. And hopefully we can turn back to him. Amen. As everybody please rise. And we're praying. Our Father, I am that I am. Father, right now, your people, your remnant, the ones who you saved through the blood of your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, the true and the true and still living Messiah. The one who came up out of that tomb, Father, sits with you now. Right now, Father, we want to thank you for this lesson, thank Father. You, we want to we want to thank you that there's fulfilled prophecies, and we know that's a sealed deal. But we still have something to look forward to, Father. You gave us prophecies that have not yet been fulfilled. And we're waiting on that day where there will be a new heaven. There will be a new earth. And we will see that glorious city, Jerusalem, coming down for that second time, Father. And your son will come and sit on his white throne. 
ruling us with just justice and righteousness, as you said in your word, Father. And there will be no more tears. There will be no more death. There will be no destruction. No more lies, Father. And we will be able to spend eternity with you and your son. And as always, Father, we give you the